The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the nightcap coming to you from the Beeson studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here. Scott, we've been talking a lot of college hoops. Now let's turn our attention to the NBA and to help us get into the association. We bring in Nick Whalen, NBA editor for Roto-Wire. Nick, we appreciate you joining us here this evening on the nightcap. And I got to start with the injury that we found out yesterday, last night at the All-Star game. Chris Paul with the thumb injury, should we be concerned about this Suns team now without Chris Paul? They are the current favorites to win the title at plus 425 at DraftKings. Well, guys, it 100% depends on when Chris Paul is back, of course. We got a six- to eight-week timetable with that fractured thumb. And even if you were to return you know, on the faster end of that timetable, six weeks from now is Monday, April 4th. So if you were to come back on that day, the Suns would only have four more regular season games at that point, you know, I think it's kind of a common misconception that the all-star break is like the halfway point in the season. <laughs> the Suns have played 71% of their schedule already. So, you know, in some ways, this is a kind of a devastating injury for what's been by far the best team in the league. But at the same time, maybe this is somewhat of a blessing in disguise because over the course of his career, it does feel like these injuries have happened to Chris Paul at the worst possible time. You know, whether it be the middle of the playoffs, the Western Conference Finals, time after time, you know, these type of injuries have popped up. And now, you know, yes, it's it's robbing Phoenix of perhaps a historic regular season. I mean, 70 wins was potentially going to be on the table for this team. You know, considering they started one and three since then, they're 47 and seven. They have an 18-game winning streak, an 11-game winning streak, even an active seven-game winning streak coming out of the break. So maybe you're throwing that out the window. But guys, as long as Chris Paul is back before the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. And depending on who the matchup is for Phoenix there, they're still going to have a really good chance to hang on to the one seed. As long as he's back and at full speed, for sure, by the second round, I think Phoenix is going to be okay. And I I think they deserve to still be the favorite or the co-favorite 
which is where you're going to see them at a lot of books right now. Yeah, I agree. I think this is honestly a, a positive for the Phoenix Suns because they're not <laughs> going to blow this six and a half game lead. Uh, we're talking no. they only need to win like 14 games for the rest of the season if they want to secure this, right. unless we're talking about an epic collapse and they they go, what, like 10 and 14 and the Warriors go undefeated or something like that, right? <laughs> that, that, right. That's the only way they're blowing this six and a half game lead. So they will finish as the one seed in the Western Conference. And when Chris Paul comes back, He's gotta he's gonna have a month and a half of rest, two months of rest for the NBA's second season. There's a reason why it's called the second season, because the playoffs last three months. So the fact that you're gonna get a rested Chris Paul for the playoffs to me is the best thing that could have happened for the Suns championship aspirations. Yeah, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that. Again, as long as he is back within this timetable. You know, if we get to week eight and all of a sudden he's still one to two weeks away and, and all of a sudden, you know, Phoenix is staring down a matchup with a really difficult second round opponent with Chris Paul being at 70% or maybe come back, coming back in the middle of that series, then they're in trouble. But, but like you said, I think, you know, this is maybe an opportunity for Phoenix to even play without Chris Paul, who, you know, since arriving in Phoenix has only missed two games. He hasn't missed a single game this year. There've only been four players in the NBA who've played more regular season games than Chris Paul since the start of the 2019-20 season. So, you know, we can think back to a couple of years ago, this Suns team was not very good. They were a 34-win team before Chris Paul showed up. So, you know, now it's kind of sink or swim. Like, they're going to be forced to play without the guy who has brought them from the 10th or the 11th seed in the West to all of a sudden the best team in the league by far. So I think there is an argument to be made here that in the long run, this could pay positive dividends for Phoenix. We're speaking with Nick Whalen, NBA editor for RotoWire. Nick, what storyline or team sort of intrigues you the most now that we're kind of approaching the final stretch of the regular season? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple in each conference. I think in the West, for me, it's it's the Memphis Grizzlies, who it seems like very quietly now are 41-19. and 19. They are one win away from going over their season-long win total, which at a lot of books was 41 and a half. And it seems like there's been a lot of talk about Phoenix. There's been, of course, a lot of talk about Steph Curry and Golden State. And, you know, everybody embraced this Memphis team as a, a nice, fun story kind of midway through the first half of the season. And then we all moved on to, to other storylines and just accepted that they were a good team. But, I mean, this team is one and a half games behind the Golden State Warriors for the two seed in the Western Conference. So I, I think we really have to start looking ourselves in the mirror and ask, you know, not only is John Morant a legitimate MVP candidate, but you know, how far can this Grizzlies team go? I think the, the general consensus, much like Cleveland and even Chicago, maybe to a slightly lesser degree in the East, the consensus is, well, these teams that come out of nowhere, you know, they almost never make it to the finals or, or certainly win the title without getting there and losing a couple times, kind of taking their lumps. But I mean, the way things are looking right now, especially with this Chris Paul injury, you know, thrown into the fray, I, it's just how seriously do we take the Memphis Grizzlies as a title contender? That's the biggest question for me. You know, going to the Eastern Conference, uh, the top teams are being disrespected in the odds. The Chicago Bulls, they what, are. 14 to 16 to 1 to win the conference, and the Heat, 5.5 to 6.5 to 1 to win the conference. These are the teams with the best two records in the Eastern Conference right now, and I know that everything is kind of jumbled up there. Everyone's within two and a half games of each other, and yes, the Brooklyn Nets, it's always lingering over everybody's heads what's going to happen when this team is healthy and everyone's playing together. But still, in my opinion, the top teams right now are being completely disrespected in the futures market. Why do you think that's the case? Yeah, that, that is a good question. And I think part of it, as you alluded to, is over the course of a week, you know, those top 
really all the way down to like six or seven, talking teams like Boston and, and Toronto, which you know suddenly is five games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. Like you know, the order of those top seven teams changes sometimes night to night, sometimes week to week. So I think you know Miami, you could say, oh, they're the number one team in the East, but you know all of a sudden Milwaukee goes four and zero, and and the Heat stumble over the course of a week, and Milwaukee's up at number one, and all of a sudden Miami's at number four. So I think that's part of it. But you know the other thing with with Chicago and with Miami is they don't have you know, the guy, you know, a top bona fide top 10, nobody's going to debate you type of player. You know, they both have a lot of depth. They have, you know, Jimmy Butler uh, in Miami, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero in Chicago. You have kind of that same type of cast, Nick Vucevic, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, but none of those guys are, you know, LeBron James level, Joel Embiid level, Giannis level. Uh, and I think, you know, we've seen that for the most part over the last 10 to 15 years, especially in the NBA, you need one of those guys to win a title. It's exceptionally rare to win a title with just a bunch of very good guys and not a super duper star. So I think that's part of it. Um, you know, I think Philly's really interesting to me as well at seven to one. I wouldn't say they're being disrespected. I think they're maybe getting a little too much respect. I'd be interested to see what you guys think about that. I, you know, I love Joel Embiid, but year after year, he's broken down in the playoffs. Doc Rivers has a storied, storied history of playoff collapses. James Harden is arguably the worst playoff performer of any superstar in recent memory. Um, there's a lot to like about Philly, but there are also several reasons that you can kind of start to to pile up against, you know, why the Sixers team maybe could end up falling short. Well, yeah, Nick, I want to ask you that question there because you mentioned the, the trade for Simmons going to Brooklyn and Harden going to Philadelphia. If you had to pick one team to buy into, would it be the Nets over the Sixers mm -hmm. heading down to the playoffs? I think to me, it's still Philly. I think we are... You know, collectively, everyone is like massively glossing over the fact that Ben Simmons has not played in an NBA game in upwards of 245 days at this point. I think he's coming up on 250. I, that, that's a huge hit to me. And even when Ben Simmons, you know, before all the mental health stuff came into play, before the pass to Matisse Thibel uh, against Atlanta, like there were still some major questions as to whether you could win at the highest level with a guy who, you know, when push comes to shove in a playoff series, can be a, a big time liability on the offensive end. So, you know, now you're just trying to seamlessly fit this guy in midseason on a team that, you know, has a player in Kevin Durant who we don't even know when he's going to be back. You, your second best player is, as of right now, only going to be able to play in half of your playoff games. You don't really have a deep supporting cast. The front court has been a problem all season. So, yeah, in some ways, Kevin Durant fixes all and Kyrie Irving, when he's out there, fixes all. But I, I think there are just some huge, huge question marks that Brooklyn has to answer. And when you look at the odds, I, I don't feel like, oh, Kevin Durant will just take care of it is a good enough reason for me to buy into the Nets. There's no argument for me right now that Joel Embiid obviously is the leading candidate to be the most valuable player. It's him, it's Nikola Jokic, and I would throw John Morant and DeMar DeRozan along with Steph Curry yeah. in that top five mix. Does a guy like DeRozan have a shot, in your opinion, when you consider the historic tear that he's been on, the fact that the Bulls are in first place, if he continues scoring and they end up with the one seed, could he eclipse Embiid for this award? I mean, it's, it's possible. I, I think more so than a lot of these other candidates because, you know, it's crazy right now that you can have the season that DeRozan's having and he's still only having, like, the fifth most impressive statistical <laughs> season, which speaks to... It speaks to how insane guys like Embiid and Jokic and Giannis are. And really, you could say the same thing about John Morant, who's 11 to 1 at the DK Sportsbook. You know, th that's the state of the NBA in 2022, that you can average 27, 7, and 6 on 50% shooting, 
for a team that's on pace to smash its over-under by 16 wins, <laughs> and you're like the sixth favorite to win the MVP. It's just crazy. So, you know, ultimately, no, I, I don't think DeRozan can win it. I, I think the only path for him is Chicago just goes scorched earth the rest of the way. You know, they they pull away from the rest of the field in the East. He's a big reason why. Uh, and maybe he would even need, like, an injury to a guy like Embiid or Jokic or Giannis because all three of those guys, like, their statistical cases are so unassailable that – you know, it, it's going to be really hard for another player to to kind of claw their way into that echelon without some sort of X factor. Like, hey, DeMar DeRozan averaged 35 a game over the last 25 games, yeah. and the Bulls went 23 and two, something like that. You know, he is Nick Whalen, NBA editor of RotoWire. Nick, we appreciate you joining us here on the Nightcap, and I uh, hope all is well. And best of luck the rest of the regular season. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. We're going to talk MVP later on in the show here, and DeRozan is an interesting candidate for MVP because as well as he's played as of late, he's still 22 to 1. Yeah, I'm and holding a 50 to 1 ticket. So. That, that's a very good ticket to be holding, but we saw the straw mm. poll come out from Tim Bontemps, and I mean, now the votes were calculated right before uh, he went on the streak. Before yeah. he went on the streak there. So interesting stuff down the stretch here with DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls. On the other side, we'll dive deeper into CP3's injury and what it means for the Phoenix Suns. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hit the court for your cut of the cash with the FX Snowfall Kingpin Challenge. Play free in two Fantasy Hoops contests and battle for a share of $15,000 in total cash prizes while the fight of for LA rages on during Season 5 
or FX's Snowfall. Head to DraftKings.com Snowfall now to get in on the action. Snowfall returns February 23rd. That's two days, folks, over on FX. Stream it on Hulu. Terms and conditions and all or other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. Uh, Scott, while we were talking to Nick Whalen, our NBA editor over at Roto-Wire, he had a lot of good stuff to say here. Got some madness going on in Stillwater there. <laughs> Baylor is taking on Oklahoma State, and we're going to see if the underdog goes to die in OT because this game has gone to overtime. It was tied at 60. Baylor now leads 62-60 to 60 with mm-hmm. 346 left. I laid four and a half, so I'm sweating out the Bears here, and I'm hoping I can cash a ticket that seemed dead in the water, at least early on in the second half. I think you got it. It already happened once tonight with uh, an overtime uh, causing an underdog to die, and it looks like it could happen again. By the way, a ridiculous circus shot at the buzzer by Oklahoma State goes in, but it was well after the buzzer, so it was clear that it didn't count. But imagine if that did count. It would have been I one mean, of the greatest game winners that we've ever seen. For, I, I saw it in the corner of my <laughs> peripheral vision. I was like, did I just lose on some sort of globetrotter shot? Yes, that's exactly what it was. It was like one of those shots that you do in horse, you know, like throw it over the backboard. Uh, speaking of underdogs, I mentioned I didn't want to lay the 14 points with UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have pushed. Usually they won by 14. That's that's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, it, some people, it closed 13, so I'm sure there's some folks who If you got 13. it 13 or 13 and a half, UCLA covered. They, they were up by 13 going into the half, and then at one point, Arizona State came all the way back, and UCLA pulls away to win 66-52. And we are tied in Stillwater with three minutes to go in overtime. Oklahoma State got a basket on the other end, so tie 62-62. We will see... What happens there? I'll be keeping my eye on that game. Also, I'm on Seattle money line against New Mexico State. They trail by five early in the second half. We'll see how that one unfolds in the whack. But let's talk a little bit more NBA. We discussed it with Nick Whalen. And the first question I asked him was with the news that we found out right before the All-Star game last night in Cleveland there that Chris Paul will now be out six to eight yeah. weeks with the broken thumb injury. And you think that this actually might be a good thing for Phoenix. I do. Look, the NBA season's a grind. And we all know that it's too long. It, it should be shortened. It's it's better when it's a shorter regular season. But the, the postseason is called the second season for a reason. The, the NBA playoffs are – it's a long – it's dragged out. It's a marathon that takes several months. Uh, And to have a healthy, refreshed Chris Paul when it comes to the playoffs is going to be so important for this Phoenix Suns team that has aspirations of getting back to the championship and ultimately winning the championship. And I think that having him take this time off, which let's be honest, down the stretch, he probably would have gotten several games off because of the lead that they have, they already would have clinched. They're going to clinch the one seed in yeah. a couple of weeks. So at that point, you could you could see that there's going to be some minutes management, some load management, as they call it, and Chris Paul missing some games. I think this injury is the best thing for him. He'll be ready for the first round of the playoffs. If he misses the full eight weeks, there's seven weeks left in the regular season. He'll be back for the first round of the playoffs. And then you got a rested, refreshed Chris Paul getting ready to give it a go now for the second season, watch out. Does it concern you, though, that we might not see Chris Paul play until the playoffs? Like, 
because I feel like you'd almost want to have him get a couple games back, get the legs going, you know, just well, the, the only, yeah, there. the only like, reason he'll play is just for conditioning purposes. Yeah. But we've we've seen this Suns team without Chris Paul already. Remember, two years ago in the bubble, this is a team that went undefeated, and then mm-hmm. playing games when Chris Paul was hurt last season, they win in the playoffs with Chris Paul is hurt. I mean, you, you saw that interview Chris Paul gave where there was that one game where his shoulder was so bad, like. He yeah. could not shoot the basketball, and, and and they still managed to do well with with a very limited Chris Paul there. So I think they're fine without him. And when he gets back, his legs, sure, it's not going to take long because he's still going to be going through conditioning drills. He just won't be shooting and dribbling the basketball with his thumb. Yeah. But he can still run up and down the court and get his legs underneath him, even if he's not playing in real game situations. And he could do mock game situations where he'll he'll get on the court and run through a five-on-five drill with his teammates, but he just won't touch the basketball. So that'll get his conditioning up, and he'll be fine. Yeah, the Suns right now 48-10 and 10 on a seven-game win streak. They're plus 180 to win the Western Conference over at DraftKings. Right now, they're the co-favorites with the Warriors and Brooklyn Nets at plus 425 to win the NBA title. And if they do go ahead and get the one seed like we all expect, there's a good chance they're going to be facing one of either the Timberwolves, Clippers, or Lakers, maybe. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Um, we saw that Lakers series we, last year. We saw it last year. Now that By the was, way, last that year. That was without Anthony Davis, yes. though. If Anthony Davis is healthy, mm-hmm. this is going around, and Chris Paul is kind of a little rusty. True. I mean, maybe it gets interesting. Now, it probably won't because the Lakers are just old and ragged. And the Lakers are probably, (laughs) even if the Lakers get into that playing situation, they might not even win in the playing situation. They're minus 110 each way Uh, to make the playoffs. And and, and let me tell you something. Last season, I had Chris Paul to win the uh, finals MVP Mm -hmm. uh, in the playoffs. And I thought that was a lock, especially when they go up two games to none, right? And you're like, and and we talked about the narrative, right? Everything. It's a voted on award. Everything with Chris Paul. They love Chris Paul. (laughs) I will promise you. I will do that same bet again this postseason (laughs) that I will be betting before the playoffs when the play when the when the when the market opens up before the finals are set. I will be betting Chris Paul to win the finals MVP. So right now with them being plus 425 now, do you remember the number that you got there with Chris Paul for MVP last year? Oh, it was like 16 16, to one at some point. Yeah, yeah, because they're plus 425 to win the title. Do you see them as the favorite, or do you maybe think one of those Eastern Conference teams? Or no, maybe, they're clearly or the maybe favorite. the Golden State Warriors. Do you think that they have the pedigree to maybe give them a little bit of run in the Western Conference final? I don't even know when we're going to see Draymond Green again, to be honest with you, if it's yep. not on the TNT set. So <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't touch the Golden State Warriors right now. Uh, but then again, if Steph takes this momentum that he had from that you, all-star man, performance I, I, and and parlays it into the next 23 games and he starts averaging 30 points a game and, and I, shooting nine three-point making nine three-pointers a game, I mean, this becomes a dangerous team. Uh, but I, I ultimately I think the Suns are the best team in the West. Um, this they're just a, they're a team that's on a mission to get back to the NBA Finals and prove that. It wasn't a fluke, and they deserved to be there, and they mm-hmm. should have won it last year. They let that thing get away from them. And that's where I kind of have a little bit of apprehension where it comes to the Phoenix Suns, just because they have great players. They have a lot of depth. Monty Williams is a terrific coach there, but I still look at a team like Golden State, and I'm like, they have a dude in Steph Curry who has been there, done that, winning multiple championships. Now the you can say whatever the deck was stacked in his favor those years, whatever. Everyone has a really good team to win a title, 
but like the Warriors have the pedigree to match Phoenix. Like, sure. like the Lakers, that I mean, they kind of have it, but not really. LeBron does. Like Anthony Davis, he's won a title, but they don't really have it. Or like Memphis doesn't have it. Utah definitely doesn't have yeah, it. Memphis what they've is been so doing. Fun, they're fun, but they're young, <laughs> and know. young teams don't do well in crunch time in the playoffs. The Warriors have the ingredients, and if they can just get healthy, and if, like you mentioned, Steph Curry can get on this role that we saw. I mean, he was unconscious last night. Now it's an all-star game. Can't take away too much, <laughs> but if he gets out of these shooting woes that have plagued him since the calendar turned to 2022, like in a playoff series, I want Steph Curry out of all the people that would be involved in that series. Sure. Uh, listen, we're talking about when healthy for not just the Warriors, but for a lot of teams. When healthy this, when healthy that. If we're going to give that stipulation to any team in the Western Conference, wouldn't it be fun to bet the Denver Nuggets? When healthy, if we're going to say that about every team, we're talking about Jamal Murray and Michael Porter to go along with a possible MVP, Nikola Jokic. This team, 15 to 1 to win the West. If we're talking about anybody when healthy, yeah, forget about the Warriors. Why not the Nuggets? Forget yep. about the Lakers. Why not the Nuggets? I mean, I'm in on this Nuggets team. Like, like, like you, you outlined it right there. If Jamal Murray, now he has to get back. And we have to see what he looks like there. But they're the number six seed right now in the Western Conference. They got a game and a half lead over the two and a half game lead over the Minnesota Timberwolves right now to be into the playoffs as of now here. But if this team gets healthy, like you mentioned, like Jokic is the best player in the Western Conference. Mm -hmm. Like that is a fact. They're like, he is so good. It means so much to that team and has been doing it by himself by and large yeah, for quite a bit of time. If he gets them up, I mean, remember Jamal Murray in the bubble in the playoffs? Like insane. he was off the charts yeah. dropping 50 point games. If he can get even just a fraction of that, mm -hmm. that makes them so scary to some of these top contenders. Yeah. At, at, at 15 to one, it's worth a little bit of a sprinkle. I think it's worth a sprinkle there. Now like we want it, like we mentioned, Got to have the caveat, Jamal Murray has to get back here, yeah. but we'll see what happens with his health post-All-Star break here because it's about a calendar. Now, it's been a full year since yeah. he tore his ACL last March there, right as they picked up Aaron Gordon. So if they got Aaron Gordon, you get Michael Porter Jr. back from his issues there. Uh, they have a very, very talented roster led by the Joker, who is the best player in the conference. On the other side, who's the best player in the league? We discuss MVP in the association. It's the nightcap rolling along here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is the nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Want more NBA insight? Check out the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. VEASAN senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel looks at all the angles for the game to determine who is playing, what kind of a situation is a team in, and every other aspect of the matchup. There are a ton of great opportunities in betting the NBA on a nightly basis during the regular season, and it is a massively fun league with the greatest athletes on the planet, and we can make some money on it. Hardwood Handicappers podcast is free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast and while you're there catch up on every other VEASAN show as well welcome back we're at the halfway point here of the nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here we're talking a little NBA action uh, we just saw the Baylor Oklahoma State game finish <laughs> in Stillwater 
and unfortunately the dog did not go to die the dog is barking loud at oklahoma yeah. state there baylor gets the win by two in overtime so my minus four and a half ticket is uh down the toilet you know it was you had a chance you were live because uh, <laughs> oklahoma state they at the end played for the win they, they tried to get a look at three. They ultimately got a look, and it wasn't good enough, but the, it came late. Mm-hmm. If they would have just gone for the quick two and the foul, there's a chance that they missed the shot and then foul, and you're going to the free throw line with the potential to go up four. Instead, they take the clock all the way down and shoot a buzzer three. So it, it, it stinks if you had um, you know Baylor on the original line, but if you took Baylor at the half like we talked about, yep. you won. Yeah, no, it was a, it was not a good uh, situation for me. But hey, you know what? That's what happens. We 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 flush it down, and then we just move on to the next game here, which is Seattle and New Mexico State. <laughs> and right now, my Red Hawks are trailing by six with eight forty left to play in the second half. We have them on the money line. They closed three point underdogs at home. Total one forty four and a half. So I'll be keeping tabs on that. But we're also keeping tabs now that we are post All Star break weekend on who will win NBA MVP. Now, this is one of the fun discussions because it almost feels like the league has transitioned from the guard and perimeter game to now it's like the bigs have come alive in the NBA. Nikola Jokic wins MVP last year. And right now at this point, the favorite to win MVP is Philadelphia 76ers big man, Joel Embiid. Right after him is Jokic, the reigning MVP. Then you have Giannis Antetokounmpo at plus 400. And after that, Steph Curry plus 850. John Moran, 11 to 1. Devin Booker, 18 to 1. And your guy, DeMar DeRozan, at 22 to 1. Yeah, and I think it's wide open, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not a, a believer that it's Joel Embiid's award to lose. Uh, I do think that it's open for anybody to really jump in the mix here. Uh, Devin Booker is certainly interesting. Now, with the Chris Paul injury, it doesn't mm-hmm. have, you don't have Chris Paul there to take away the votes because Chris Paul was up here. Uh, for the MVP, actually, he's still listed at plus three thousand, which is just criminal. I mean, yeah, people you can put him at a million to one. He yeah, ain't winning it. exactly. So uh, <laughs> it's criminal that the book actually still is off, still offers it. Um, you know, people are going to get suckered into betting that. I was going to say somebody might not be up to date on the news. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, so Devin Booker is interesting to see because that would fall into the whole best player, best team, yep. or best team, best player, right? Um, John Morant has had an incredible season, and the Grizzlies have had a great season. He certainly is alive and in the mix. And then Steph would have to get back to doing what he was doing at the beginning of the season because there was a stretch where Steph was the runaway favorite to be the MVP Mm -hmm. when he was uh, going for the three-point record and he was having lights-out games. He's kind of slowed down a little bit. It has coincided with two things happening. One, Klay Thompson's return. And two, Draymond Green's exit. So those two factors have clearly impacted Steph Curry's game. We'll see what happens over the course of the next 20-somewhat games or so. I do think that DeMar DeRozan is live. It's not just about the scoring streak, which, by the way, he's the only player in NBA history now to score 35 points or more on 50% or greater shooting in seven straight games. I don't think he needs to continue that streak but let's just say it does. Let's say it gets to 10 straight games, which is very doable. And you have this Bulls team who has been dealing with injuries all season long with not real expectations coming into the year. The Sixers always had expectations, okay? Uh, the Warriors always had expectations. The Bucks always had expectations. But to have a Bulls team 
that didn't have the expectation to be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference to deal with injuries to Zach Levine, to Lonzo, to Caruso, and to have DeMar DeRozan be the guy that is willing this team to victory every single night and to have them, let's say they finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference. And he already has this record of the scoring with the field goal percentage. And let's say the streak gets even longer. Mm -hmm. How do you ignore that? You have a guy that did it by himself. You have a guy that took a team that exceeded expectations. Just look at their win total this year. They're going to exceed it by at least 15 games. They're going to exceed their win total. And he's done something that no player in NBA history has ever done. And let's say he shatters the record, goes from a six-game streak that Wilt Chamberlain did twice to now a 10-plus game streak that DeMar DeRozan could do. I don't know how you ignore that if you're a voter. It's I hear your argument, and the reason why I'm – so I don't know if DeRozan is there just yet because my thing is that what is more likely to happen, that he continues on this historic pace or that he regresses to the mean a little bit about sure. what he historically does – and because he's not a 35 points mm-hmm. per game type of guy. I mean, nobody is other than Michael Jordan. Like, like the more likely scenario is that he's going to come back down to earth, at least in some regard, because he's on this tear of the streak. And I keep bringing up the straw poll that Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA reporter, he does it. He polls media people that vote on the awards uh, about every couple months or yep. so all throughout the regular season to just get a kind of temperature on what they think what the awards are. And DeRozan finished seventh. But that that poll was done right when this streak began. Began. And I actually think probably even before that, because if you're reaching out to 100 media members across the country, it's going to take a little bit of time to get those votes in. So I do think that if he had taken this straw poll at the All-Star break, DeRozan would be number five on that list. Yeah, no, and he probably would be number five right behind a Steph Curry there. To me, I just, I look at it, and I've been thinking about this over the last month. I'm like, to me, it just seems so much down to the big guys of Embiid, Jokic, and Atetokounmpo, uh, Giannis, they're out there in Milwaukee, just because they are putting up just ridiculous numbers, and people also have been talking about them in this light almost the entire season mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Giannis has won multiple MVPs. Jokic is the reigning MVP. Joel Embiid, I mean, the narrative for him coming in was that, wow, what is he going to do now that Ben Simmons is not playing? And here Philadelphia 76ers are sure. two and a half games back in the top of the Eastern Conference. So he's had that narrative in his pocket. Now Now that James Harden is going to enter the mix, I mean, they're only going to win more games or probably win at the same clip. So he's going to be near that number one seed discussion as well. And people love Embiid as well. That's another thing that these are popularity contests. Embiid gives great quotes. He's a great guy to write about for the writers. (laughs) And they're always looking for these fresh stories to where that I don't know if DeRozan can do enough in the short amount of time because Nick Whalen, he outlined, he said, people think about the all-star bring as a halfway point. This is a two-thirds point. There's only about 25, 20 games left in the regular season. Does he have enough time? to then make up a big gap between him and the top of the board right now in terms of MVP. Sure. It just, it, to me, it just comes down to keep in mind it's voted on, yes. right? And and what whatever happens down the stretch, stretch here is going to sway people in their minds. It weighs the most, definitely. It, if, if he finishes the season, these next 23-somewhat games, and he continues this torrid stretch, it's going to be fresh in the voters' minds. Whereas, let's say Harden comes in and – him and Embiid don't exactly 
coexist for five games or so. Things get weird. It takes, it takes a little bit, right? And he, and Embiid has a five-game stretch where 19 points, 21 points, you know, okay, pedestrian numbers. Yep. But not the 40 points, not the 35 points, not the 29 points. You know, so just a, a couple of pedestrian games for Joel Embiid. And let's say the Sixers lose a couple of games. For me, for DeRozan, it has to coincide with the Bulls being the number one seed in the East. Yep. Because I think that, in addition to the numbers that he is putting up, is going to weigh on the voters. Like, look at where this team finished in the standings. Look at what their record was, and look at what this guy did to will his team to that point, especially when you consider the supporting cast around him has been hurt all season long. So if they don't finish with the one seed... If the Sixers finish with the one seed, uh, I think DeRozan's obviously out of the, uh, the conversation. And it's not just the Sixers. Everyone's, you know, bunched up there. Miami is tied mm-hmm. with the Bulls right now. And then, of course, you got Milwaukee and, and Cleveland and everyone kind of uh, within two and a half games of each other. Ja Morant, Memphis Grizzlies, he's 11-1 to 1 right now. Any interest there for you with Ja? I just don't think uh, it's a great season. Mm-hmm. I would rather, honestly, if we're being honest, I'd rather bet Taylor Jenkins coach of the year. Than John Morant MVP. I think Booker's interesting there. Like with Chris Paul now out, if they continue to win at this crazy clip, Booker can then maybe solidify himself with the team. With a, they're going to win sixty plus games. That always attracts voters when you have the best record in the league. On the other side, who would you bet on to win the ACC tournament, Duke or the field? We discuss here. It's the nightcap on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps, in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
VEASAN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. Oh, the madness is just a few weeks away, <laughs> and we cannot wait. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. This is the nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas. And with the madness a few weeks away here, Scott, we wanted to look at some markets. Now, these are coming to you from Circa, where we are at. Very interesting stuff here. It's these favored teams in these Power 5 conferences sure. against the field. And I want to start in the ACC, where the Duke Blue Devils, to win the ACC tournament, are minus 125, or you could take the field, so the other 13 teams or however many are in the ACC, at minus 105. What interests you? Would you rather have Duke or the field? Uh, I'm taking Duke. Um, it's This isn't the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying Duke's going to go to the Final Four or win the national title, but I think Duke does win the ACC tournament. Um, the only team that I can see giving them really a fight here is Notre Dame. And I don't even think that that's going to be a fight. So I, I think Duke's going to run through this conference tournament. The other teams will probably eat each other up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they might not even match up with a team like Notre Dame or even North Carolina in the championship. They might wind up facing, you know, Wake Forest or something like that. So uh, I think Duke is the class of this uh, conference and they're going to win it. You know, if I had to play it, I think I would take the field just because of the numbers of getting the rest of the field versus because I'm not necessarily sold on Duke as a team that I want to lay minus 125 on and feel confident about it. Now, nobody else in the ACC, you tell me they're, them against Duke head up. I'm, of course, going to take well, Duke's going to be favored in every so, game. Yeah, they're going to be favored yeah. in every game. And, and they're going to be more than more than minus 125 oh, in every game. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they're, they're going to be, I mean, on a neutral against all these teams. You're looking at like at least seven or so, whatever mm -hmm. it is going to be. Um, but to me, I just, I don't, there's something about this Duke team, and I don't know if it's their youth that I just don't trust. And we see it, they have these halves where they have the lulls. I mean, look at the Wake Forest second half there. They were controlling that game in the first half. They yeah. let Wake Forest back into the game there. They've had get losses to Florida State, who looks absolutely atrocious in the ACC. Now, there's the, the Duke that's really good is the Duke that showed up to Chapel Hill yeah. against North Carolina. Yes. Now, that Duke is a Duke that's like, whoa, they can win a national title. The Duke that beat Gonzaga on a neutral mm -hmm. court in mm -hmm. Las Vegas, that's the Duke that scares me. But I'm just like, I don't know. And I know. think that's the Duke that you get in the conference tournament. You think so? Because understanding what's on the line and for Coach K to have his farewell season not end with a conference championship would be an epic failure. They're sending this guy out with an ACC tournament title and a possible trip to the two line uh, in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Now it's, I mean, I think I wouldn't play it just because I don't feel confident in anybody else in the ACC, but I just don't want to lay minus 125 on this team that is just so young and it's not a do-or-die situation for mm -hmm. them in this tournament. I know they want to send Coach K out on the right note out there with an ACC tournament championship, but it's just not a have to for them. Sure. So I don't know if I want to lay it with minus 125, but you would take Duke mm -hmm. versus the field I would. in the ACC. In the Big Ten, it's a little bit interesting. Purdue, the Boilermakers, the favored team out there in the Big Ten, plus 180 to win the Big Ten tournament. The field, minus 230. 
We had Andrew on earlier, Andrew Hahn on earlier. He covers Michigan basketball. He said he would take the field. Yeah. Now, I don't know if he would take him at minus 230. Exactly. But exactly. he would take the field in general. What say you? So, I would take the field because I do think Wisconsin and possibly Illinois could win this conference tournament easily. Um, you know, outside chance for a team like Ohio State or Michigan State gets hot, whatever. You know, you never can count on a Tom Izzo team. Um, mm-hmm. But Purdue's the best team. At this number... Plus 180, not bad considering there'll be favorites in every game that they play. And I don't want to lay minus 230 on the field, but if you're just giving me even money on both sides, I would clearly take the field over Purdue, thinking that maybe it's a team like Wisconsin or Illinois or somebody else has a chance to win this conference. But I kind of don't hate plus 180, to be honest with you. That's where I would lean. <laughs> like, to be like, because it comes back to the discussion that we had earlier in the show when we talked about the bracket reveal. Purdue is going to be going into this tournament playing for a number one seed. Yes. And they are going to be absolutely motivated. Now, they're probably going to be a little inflated in terms of game-to-game prices because of that. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're talking about just to win the tournament at plus money, there's things I don't like about them in terms of defense. But I think their absolute motivation, they're not going to be a team that's like, oh, we're at one seed or whatever. If we win the tournament, let's just stay healthy, get some extra practice days in or whatever. I think they want to go be that number one seed. And they do have the chance to do that. What's so important, too, is keep in mind with with um, the Big Ten tournament ends on Selection Sunday every yes. year. So Purdue has to do enough leading up to the championship of the Big Ten tournament to get the voter, the committee, to already put them on the one line, win or lose. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's what's going to happen. The committee is going to be in that room when Purdue is playing the Big Ten championship game against whoever. And they're already going to know in their minds – this team is a one seed, yeah, right? Like, and, and and like, okay, they lose the Big Ten, but, but listen, they beat Wisconsin, they beat uh, Purdue, I, I mean, excuse me, Illinois, and they beat Michigan State on the way to the Big Ten championship game. So uh, we're gonna, they're already on the one line anyway. So I think that they're gonna be motivated to not just win, but win convincingly in the the, the quarterfinals and semifinal games that they have leading up to the uh, Sunday Big Ten cha- Big Ten Championship game. What the committee always tells us on Selection Sunday is that, oh, we make two brackets. Yeah, 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 yeah. Purdue win bracket, a Purdue loss bracket. But I think in the back of their minds, they know regardless yes. whatever the result is going to be, where they're going to place that team out of there in the Big Ten since the selection show comes on right after that conference championship game. The SEC, where it just means more, Kentucky – Plus 185 to win the conference. The field, minus 235, Scott. What say you in this SEC conference? The field, it's, again, I, I don't, I'm not going to bet 235, but, yeah, the field is the way I would go. Um, I, just, you know, who's the uh, – just you're looking right there at Auburn, right? It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. just staring you right in the face. <laughs> you have a team that is potentially a, a, a one seed that is not the favorite to win the conference, the SEC. Do you think there's a team outside of Auburn that can trip up Kentucky, or is it just Auburn? Uh, what are you going to give me, like Alabama or, or, or a team like that that's going to uh, – Tennessee or Arkansas, <laughs> do maybe? Something? <laughs> um, no, I, I think – well, Kentucky, you would argue, has the best player, right? Oscar Shibway, right? Mm-hmm. You'd say that uh, they got the best player in this thing. Um, I can't see – to me, it's it's got to be Auburn yeah. or uh, – at that like point, I said, Alabama would be an interesting one because that we've seen there they are capable of taking down a big dog, but it's it's Auburn and Kentucky. They're the top two, and like I said, Auburn playing for a, a, a possible one seed. 
and they're not even the favorites in this conference tournament, it's very interesting. And that's the reason why I asked you about Auburn is just because it's at that point, almost take this bet aside and just either bet Auburn if you like Auburn or yeah, bet Kentucky course. if you yeah, like Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, why lay the minus 235 if you don't think Tennessee, Arkansas, or LSU, or any of these other teams, or Alabama no, can knock and off The only reason like you take Kentucky here is because when Kentucky does play Auburn in the conference championship game, you're getting plus 185 here if you want to do it, right? So you're not going to get plus 185 when those two teams play each other. So I think you know might be that they're either going to be favored or – you're getting close to even money or maybe plus 120 or one, plus 130, not plus 185 when it comes down to those two teams playing each other. Yeah, Aaron Oso, our producer, just let me know. Tennessee plus 450 to win the SEC tournament there. So it's – No thanks. Yeah, to me, it's I think it's either either you like Kentucky or you maybe take an Auburn. I think it's yeah. like a really good tournament to bet game to game. Pac-12, Arizona's minus 150, the field plus 120. Field. UCLA's got a real chance. I, I look. It's going to be a fun game when those two teams play each other. But uh, look at the way this UCLA team is playing uh, recently. Uh, I, I, I've i loved this team since before the season started. Since, um, it, it, and I just think, you know, you also have a dangerous team in USC that can maybe pull an upset here. But if you're giving me minus 150 versus plus 120, and I'm getting both the, the Cal schools in, in USC and UCLA at plus 120, I'll take them. I know you're a New York and New Jersey guy, so I got to ask you about the Big East there. Villanova plus 135 or the field minus 110 in the Big Nova. East tourney. Villanova's Nova. winning this thing. They're the best team. Just look at their, like, every metric that you look at with Villanova, even when it comes to free throw shooting. Like, they're so incredible across the board uh, when it comes to analytically. They're, they are, I'm telling you, they're going to make another run here in the NCAA tournament. Providence leads the conference right now, but I know you're not really you. sold on the – the Friars there. Maybe Nova. UConn could be a dangerous team out there. Yeah, we're going to see Villanova beat them tomorrow night, though. Ooh, <laughs> I might disagree there. I might like the Huskies tomorrow night, Nova and Connecticut. That'll be a fun game there. But I think those are the three that you would discuss. But Villanova, I mean, after not winning it last year, it almost feels like they're just due to go ahead and win it once again here this year. Last year, we saw Georgetown win the tournament. So anything can happen <laughs> over at the Garden. On the other side, Eddie Brown joins us of the San Diego Union Tribune. Talk a little NFL draft here on the Nightcap. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.